bar. From a performance and an effort standpoint, no disappointment whatsoever. Great number seven knows like we did last year. This is Pool Time on Impact Sports Radio, your source for goals, high dives, and butterflies. And now your host, Max King. episode of 2014. Welcome to Pool Time. My name is Max King. Hope you're having a great Friday. Today the show will be dedicated to the duel in the pool. Now I know I said last time that I would talk about it today and I know it's been almost two weeks now but I do want to talk about it because this this is probably the best time to do it because we had the holiday episode, the best of last week which was which would have been the most recent time to talk about it but so let's talk about that today that's what we're going to get into we're going to do a quick review of day 1 which I talked a little bit about in episode 10 and then we'll get to day 2 which was a very exciting day for United States swimming uh day 1 US was behind the entire time pretty much is pretty much had been behind this entire meet um the women particularly struggled in day 1 though and, and really all of the meet until maybe the last couple of events. Their only win in day one out of the seven events that they swim was in the 200 breaststroke. That was their only win of the day. Uh, that was by Micah Lawrence. She went 219.15 uh, winning that. And actually they won two that event. Breja Larson got second in that as well. And really that was the only highlight for the women on that side. The men did decent in day one. They just weren't consistent. So they won two the 400 IM, they won two the 200 back, they won the 100 fly, and they won the 400 free and medley relay. But the problem was they got one two in a couple events themselves, so they just weren't consistent enough, but they did pretty well overall, um, enough to keep them relatively into the meet. They were still down the United States, as I mentioned before. After day one, United States was down 68 to 54, so they're down by 14 points. Uh, after that meet despite it really could have been worse though because the women didn't perform well the men actually had some good races they they just weren't able to keep a consistent set of winning going on in that first day so coming into day two now okay it, it started out bad okay the first event of day two was the women's 800 freestyle and that was arguably i would say that was definitely actually the worst event for the united states as a whole uh, the women were one, two, three in that event. Europe got first, second, and third place. So that really opened up the floodgates, basically, because at that point, they were coming in. The United States was down 14. Now all of a sudden, you're down 23. And it wasn't gonna look, didn't look like it was getting much better. Even though the men won the 800, the next heat, Europe still got a second place in there. Actually, that meant the United States got first and third. But the United States still found themselves down by 20. And, you know, what they really needed to do, I mean, they needed to get some points to start out that meet. And for them to not get any points to start out that meet was really, really bad for them. But So we're going to go ahead and look at, we're going to break down every every event here uh, because it gets really, really interesting. And 
Um, again, this was on NBC on Sunday, which was really entertaining to watch, especially these probably like the last six events, or I, I should say maybe the last three or four events were got got really, really good. So after the 800, it was the 200 freestyle. And again, at one point, the Europeans, they opened that lead back up to 23. It was 86-63. Now, in the 200 free for the for the men, Connor Dwyer and Tyler Clary, which who had great meets, they started to get things back in the business. They won to the 200 freestyle to cut that lead to 16. And then the women came in with 100 back. They won that. Olivia Smoliga won the 100 back in 57 point. They gained another point there. All of a sudden, it's a 15 point meet. And then the men's 100 backstroke, was to me, was kind of the first little turning point of the meet. The men's 100 backstroke, Eugene Godso, who we'll definitely hear from a little bit more later, and Tom Shields, they won to the 100 backstroke, okay? And that got it down to eight points, okay? So that made up a big thing because now all of a sudden it's 92-84. So that was a big event for them. One, getting first and second, that 100-meter backstroke was good because, well, I mean, well, both teams both the men and women's won those events. So that was really good for them because all of a sudden it's a single-digit lead for Europe, who literally two events ago were up by 23, and all of a sudden they're only up by eight. But now we have a big point here in the meet because when you have a, a lead that's close to 10, like an eight, a nine, and of course a 10, the next event is always crucial in meets like this. So if you can win those events and get points, all of a sudden you're, you, you've back up to a double-digit lead, uh, a 15, 16, 17-point lead. But if you lose it, it's either you're tied or maybe you're down now or maybe you have a couple – it's just a one- or two-point lead. And so th- those are always turning points. Those type of leads is always kind of a make-or-break, and there was a couple of them in this meet. Going in, So the next event was the women's 100-meter breaststroke which was a great, great meet, which was a, which is another, this was another, to me, this was maybe the second turning point of the meet because the United States was down eight. Jessica Hardy wins it at a 104.6, but Michael Lawrence comes in and out-touches Sophie Allen from Europe by about a tenth of a second at 105.2. And so the women get first and second in that event, and all of a sudden now that 23-point lead that Europe had not too long ago is down to one. 93 to 92 Europe. So then again, the, and then the next meet, the men's hundred breaststroke. The men came up and they and they answered again. Kevin Cordes, who maybe in, had the best meet out of anyone, he goes 56-8 in his hundred meter breaststroke. All of a sudden, we're tied at 97. At this point, United States and Europe is tied. They just exchange punches back and forth, but it, but it's still United States catching up to Europe because, mind you. Up until the last, last event, the United States never leads in this meet. So it's tied at 97. The women's 200 fly happens. Europe wins that. They got a three-point lead now. Then the men come back. They win theirs. So it's a 107-105 Europe lead. And then the women's 50 freestyle was not great for the women. Again, the women, I thought, struggled for the most part overall in this meet. Um, The men, I thought, were, were okay in day one. I thought they were great in day two. Francesca Halsall, who from Europe ended up winning that 23-9, and Jeanette Otzen Gray from Europe got second at 24-02, and then Simone Manuel got third at 24-4. And it's ironic because Halsall and Manuel are going to duel off, no pun intended, in the very last heat. So the women get one-two in the in the 50 free. So now all of a sudden, 
Europe's back to a nine-point lead. And then the men, this to me was the biggest race of the entire meet, was the men's 50 freestyle. Because go, So you go into the men's 50 freestyle, you have two more events to go. Again, it's, it's one of those things I was talking about earlier. You have a nine-point lead if you're Europe. If you can get some good points here, you can open up to a double-digit lead with two events to go. It's going to be very difficult for the United States to make that up. If you're Europe, really, you just need to get top three. It's all you have to do. Just get top three in some capacity. It doesn't matter which one it is. I mean, it does, but you just need to get some sort of points. And they didn't do that. United States one, two, threes the event. Well, technically they got they got first and second. Jimmy Feen wins the thing with 21-2. Cullen Jones and Anthony Irvin from the United States, they actually tied for second at 21-2-7. So they split those points, but it didn't matter because it's all going to the same team anyway. So the United States got all those points there. Now all of a sudden, we're tied at 115 going into the last two events. And so the women, we go to the women's 200 IM. Europe wins that. Uh, Europe gets first and third there. United States, Caitlin Leverance gets second there, which was good. That's what she needed to do. At this point, you just can't get one, two, three. That's the absolute last thing you can do. If you can't get first, just get second or third. Just get points. But the men come back. They get first and third in their event. So again, the women, the Europeans got first and third in the women's. The United States got first and third in the men's. So it's tied again at 124 going into the very last event of the day, which is the 400-meter freestyle relay. Women go up first. They lose pretty badly, actually. 327.7 was what Europe won with. United States was 328.96. So almost a, a little over a second um, is, is what they beat them by. And it was if, if you watch the meet, it wasn't close to begin with. So now the last heat of this meet is the 400 freestyle for the men's. They're down by 7. Okay? They have to win it if they want to if they want to force extra swimming basically, overtime if you will. And they won it pretty handedly as was expected. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't really expected that the the Europeans were going to beat the men. So the men went 3066, Europeans went 3079. And all of a sudden at the end of regulation, if you will, we're tied at 131. And so what they did was very interesting. And I'd never seen this happen before. Um, I'd, I've seen sw- they, had a, they had overtime, basically, or a swim-off, whatever you want to call it. Now, I've seen this happen before, but not to determine who wins the whole meet. I've seen it happen to determine, you know, maybe two people are tied for the last spot in the, uh, for finals the next day. And so they have to do a swim-off to see who will get that last place something like that. But I've never seen it happen where it's at the end of a meet, especially a big meet like this. And so what they did was they did a mixed 200 medley relay. And what I mean by mixed is two men and two women come together, form a relay team and swim against another relay team. So it was the two men were Eugene Gatso and Kevin Cordes. Now that Gatso is going to swim backstroke, Cordes was swimming breast, and then the two women from the United States were Claire Donahue swimming the fly, and then Simone Manuel swimming freestyle. So that was the United States team, and it was just winner winner takes all. It, it's just kind of like in hockey in a shootout. You might win four to three in the shootout, 
but you just get an extra goal in the finals in the final box score. That's kind of what this was. Winner gets a point, loser doesn't get a point because we're tied. And the United States won. That was the and that was the first time they had led since maybe the, I think it was like the very beginning of day one, and the first time they led the entire day two. And so they won 137, 17, Europe 137, 37. So they outtouched Europe by two tenths of a second. It was a world record for the United States. Because remember, this is an official, this is an official race. It's just not very commonly known. It's a mixed relay. 137, 17. It's a world record for the United States. Eugene Godso, to me, Godso had the best leg out of aside maybe from Manuel. Manuel anchored that thing very well. And how it went was it was it was Godso. The two men started first going back and breast. Women went flying free. And and Godso came out strong. He went 22-8 and he was flying in that backstroke to start off with. Cordes went 25-4, which is good. The men got them a good lead. I will say that. If you watch the video, you can actually watch it on NBCSports.com. You type in NBC Sports, you know, duel in the pool and Google you'll see it there. You can actually watch that last race for them. And so Godso and Court has got them uh, very good leads. Uh, Donahue lost a little bit in the fly towards the end there, but not too much. And then Simone Manuel, who, by the way, this was her first season swimming internationally against international competition. She's just 17 years old. And all she did was she dropped a 23-6 at the end of that relay. And she and she was fired up about that. If you watch the video, everyone's fired up about that. That that meet meant something to those to, the, to that team, despite what others said. But so look for Simone Manuel in Rio in 2016. 17 years old, she she swam she swam well at the end of that relay, and uh, that was a very exciting swim for her. So again, 137-17 world record. The United States wins 132 to 131. For their sixth straight time, they've won the duel in the pool. It's also the sixth time that the duel in the pool has happened. So they've won every single duel in the pool, six straight, dating back to 2003. And it was the closest one out of all of them, hands down. But they still got it done without their superstars, which again, like I said before, tells you how good United States swimming is when you have an entire continent of swimmers going against you. And this isn't to say that Europeans had their best lineup either because they didn't, but they had but they definitely had more ch- more to choose from, that's for sure. And so great job for the United States. They pulled out the win and so that's the end of your doing the pool there. So we broke it up in a couple episodes there, but nonetheless we got it done. We talked about it. Next week though, we'll be back talking MSU swimming as we will preview the team's meet at Purdue on January 11th. The Big Ten season is upon us, and uh, and they'll be quite busy. A lot of away meets for, for Michigan State in the second semester, but we'll be covering them as always still, and we'll get back to that. Women's water polo also will be starting up soon. I believe next month in February is when they start up. We'll be hearing from them very soon as well. I know it seems like so long ago that the men's were playing, but it really wasn't just a couple months ago. We'll be back at it again for the second semester for Michigan State Swimming and Water Polo. Thanks for listening. As always, to Pool Time, this is episode 12, our first episode in 2014. Hope you all had a good holiday and happy new year. Thanks for listening once again. Until next time, see ya.